This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. The gang is all here. That is Wes Durham. Chester, sound asleep, exhausted. Fuller, sound asleep, exhausted. Why? Piper Girl is upstairs, and she might just make an appearance at the very end of the show. What is she, 110 pounds now? She's 84 pounds and now two years of age, mature golden retriever. Yeah, mature. Piper Girl. Yeah. uh, Last time we did that, we opened the doors, and it was – I thought she was going to tear the whole place up in the last segment of the show. So maybe – the very end of the show where you let Piper Girl come well, down. What a treat that'll be for all of us. Captain Ron's here. Robert's here. I saw <clears throat> Otto eyeballing Mrs. P's refrigerator. Life is good. It's a weekend, and we are good to go, man. What's up? How you doing? I'm great. Good. I um, uh, we, we did some master's talk briefly on this show, <laughs> and I'd like to say you are looking at the scoreboard leader of the Packer and yeah. Durham Masters ACC Challenge. Leader in the basement. That's exactly right. Leader in the basement. Never a more appropriate term Not the has been used. The basement. Yeah, that's right. There it is, kids. Read them, the read them and weep, boys. One under par. Look at that. Webb Simpson, thank you. Victor Hovland, what are you doing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Come on, they look like sweatpants. There's there's an etiquette at Augusta, sir, in a pink sweatpants. I'm sorry, we should have disqualified you. Hey, Mark took Cam Smith, by the way, stole him actually from our producer Andrew Brooks. I feel I'm gonna be honest, with you, I feel like I've already won the competition. Do you? Just because I know Brooks is so mad at me yeah. for stealing his guy. And I, I, I couldn't like I said, I couldn't even identify Cam Smith uh, if he knocked on my front door. And uh Drew Brooks thought he was doing pretty good getting John Rahm and Brooks Kepka, and then they had to play. They looked like us out there, yeah, they it? did. And then HB, Ives, you want to explain yourself? Daniel Berger, that was the one I thought would be combustible. Double the eighteenth. Justin Thomas needs to have a word with Brian Ives this morning. Roll tide. <laughs> That's what happens when you go over there, right? Yeah, uh, you know. When you go over there and start picking from that to, league. Tried to warn you. <laughs> so there we are. And by the way, Drew, Drew, make sure that we put Tiger minus one at the bottom. Drew should have taken Tiger given the What did I say game. yesterday? Is, is my man going to, you know, everything, he tiger, he's missed like Tiger Woods shadow. Didn't even pick him. Right. Embarrassing. Rude. Great event to watch, though, isn't it? It's incredible. Oh, my gosh. And like I said, it's the only event that I know of that if you don't know anything about golf. Right. Like I said, if you didn't know the difference between a 7-iron and a Tyler's golf ball, And you some people still on, the, on the event don't. <laughs> Not naming names. But you could take someone who knows nothing about the game of golf. Right. The history, current, anything. They would walk Augusta National for the day and leave and go, that was one of the coolest, most fun days of my life. It's that kind of place. Yes. Really is it's spectacular. Uh, by the way, shout out to Michael Eves yesterday. I thought his post round interview with Tiger Woods was terrific when he asked him, you know, so what happens now? You know, just in terms of getting ready to play again, he goes a lot of ice. <laughs> Man, it's amazing that guy's playing golf. Amazing Mike. he's walking. That, Forget golfing. Absolutely. I mean, crazy. Could be good though. Yeah. Be fun uh, this weekend. Real quick, shout out to Ron Horton on social media. Who thought it'd be a good idea if we led the show with some of the ACC players, you know, get you ready for the coverage type thing. Here you go, Ron. (laughs) Austin Greaser, two over. Played well yesterday. He did. He got out early before the wind. 
Yeah, Larry Myers, Cameron Young, five over, Stuart Sink, four over, one under for Berger, one under for Webb. How's Webb? Saw Webb, had a stake. It's an old Vicky story. Will Zalatoris, one under. There you go. There's a look at the ACC guys. Lucas Glover, even. Lucas got up to a lousy start. He was like four over after five holes or something like that. Past champion Larry Mize, Ramblin' Wreck from Georgia Tech. It's an amazing event. really yeah. is. Great television, great theater. It also, the reason it's one of the amazing events is because everything is timeless, including the concessions. Yeah, the it's... The pricing uh, is crazy. Here. Yeah, so we're going to have some fun with this. This was on uh, Twitter yesterday. I saw it. I said, man, we can turn this into a segment. Yeah. You got 10 bucks to spend for the day, Wes. $10 and $10 only. You yeah. can't go one penny over. Okay. Uh, what are you ordering for the day? You got you got breakfast, you got lunch, no, you got I'm, snacks, no, you got beverages. No. Whatever combination you want that adds no. up to $10, let it rip. I'm having two egg salads, two pimento cheese, and a beer. Domestic light. That's my 10 bucks. Two egg salads. Two pimento cheese and a light beer. Domestic light. For the light. whole day. You're not going to balance it out. You're just going to swallow whole. Yeah. There you go. Pimento cheese, one fifty. I'm gonna have two of those. I'm gonna have two egg salad. I'm gonna have a beer, and get my twenty one thousand steps in walking the golf course. I'm gonna go a different route than you. I'm gonna balance it out with my wellness program. <clears throat> okay. I'm gonna go uh, fruit in the morning. Oh, that's big. All right. I'm okay. Go fruit, fruit in the morning. Sure. Mixed uh, fruit, two bucks. Two bucks. I'm gonna have one water for the day. One water. Okay. That gives me four. And I'm going to go Masters Club, and I'm going to go uh, turkey and cheese on wheat. One on the front nine, one on the back nine. That's it. And I'm going to balance it out. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, without the wellness program, I would get five of those. Uh, scroll on down there in the snack department a second, if you don't mind. I'll tell you exactly what I've done without the wellness program. What's the well? I'd have gone with that peach ice cream sandwich I mean, I mean, five times five of those <laughs> yeah. you hit that now holy smokes they I, say that thing is off the yeah, hook that, that georgia peach ice cream sandwich the i'll pe- take five of those how about sir? the uh, pecan or as my no, grandmother used to say pecan, pecan caramel popcorn that sounds too healthy that no but heck Ge- no georgia peach ice cream sandwich times five equals ten that's the way i'd go before the wellness program and let me tell you something. Before the wellness program, I'd have gone with five of those ice cream sandwiches, and I would have found one place to sit all day. I, I'm parking it, and I'm eating. I'm watching everybody Where are you walk going, by 12T, me. so you can see the 11th green? No. You know why? Why? Too far to walk. <laughs> I'm going to go 18, maybe 9, right there at the clubhouse. Oh, Carolina Cherry. I'm parking nine. it. Five ice cream sandwiches before the wellness program. Mm. Now, now don't forget you got to save 90 minutes to get in line to go to the merch building, too. Well, that's a whole different story. Now, they, I will say this. The concessions there are dirt cheap. They've always been dirt cheap. Absolutely. Merchandise tent, eh, it's a little different story there. You hey, can spend some coin in the merchandise The uh, tent. reported hottest item in the merch building at Augusta is a gnome, a patron gnome. I have no interest in that. Yeah, I know. Zero. I actually have a uh, leather koozie. From Augusta National oh, Masters. Very nice. Oh. Drink only the best beers out of it. Leather anyway, koozie? It's Yeah, it's really... I should have brought it in, actually. I tell you what. You can have that leather koozie. I'm you got the narcoozie. I'm going to stick here with my pit panther narcoozie. Yeah, there you go. So there we have it. Uh, by the way, Masters underway. 
Opening day, big league baseball last night. Yep. Congratulations to Drew Brooks, our producer. His Arizona Diamondbacks lead the National League West this morning. I hope we can catch them. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I like that. More importantly, a uh, former Clemson guy had a big night. Rookie, Seth, Seth Beer. Beer, becomes the second Major League Baseball player in history as a rookie mm. with a walk-off in his very first game. Yeah, Seth Beer goes yard last night. I know that. And anybody that saw him play at Clemson's not surprised he hit a home no, run. No, because he can go deep. Yeah. He can go deep. Pretty cool. But uh, Jeremy Mills, by the way, cobbled together the uh, opening day ACC baseball roster. There are 33 former ACC players on opening day uh, major league rosters. And we're going to talk to Gabby Sanchez coming up in uh, in part of this show today. And when we do, we'll talk to Gabby about some of the big leaguers on the route. Louisville and Carolina have nine each. Virginia, eight. Clemson, Notre Dame, six, four for Florida State, Georgia Tech, NC State, three, BC, Miami, Virginia Tech, two, Duke and Wake, one each, Pittsburgh, looking to scratch, as they say. How about the irony there? Pitt does not have anybody on opening day roster, and yet Pittsburgh still doesn't have Major League Baseball. <laughs> what? They got a great ballpark, but let's be honest, they've been so dirt cheap. Oh, we're I mean, talking to Jack Har Harley yesterday, right? I mean, the. Their pirate organization, great tradition, great history. If they'd spend some money, they could be great. I mean, right. their farm system, they always draft well. They always – and all of a sudden, then the Yankees and the Dodgers come in there and they buy everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, Red Sox, too. Sorry, your mm -hmm. guys. Yeah. Red Sox get in there and buy people. Mets. Same old, it's the same old four right, teams yeah. buying everybody. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a tough deal. But Louisville and Carolina, nine each, Virginia, eight. It's a good bar bet. Yeah. That's a really good bar bet. I like that one. Yeah. Well, you think at the end of Mike Fox's tenure and certainly Dan McDonald, we've seen, gosh, since Louisville's been in this league, we've seen five-tool guys. We've seen great pitching. I mean, there's no surprise that Louisville and Carolina are on the end of this list. Virginia with eight, of course, that, that speaks to Ox run here in the last decade for sure. Yeah, no question. There's some great baseball series this weekend. We're going to get into everything today because we've got six spring games tomorrow, yeah. right? Yeah, Mac Brown will be here at 9.30. We're going to talk baseball. Gabby Sanchez, 8.30. Brittany McKinney, has never has she ever been with us? Makes her debut. Makes her debut today. She, uh, one of the great ACC softball analysts. She'll be here at 9.15. We have the ultimate game. If you've been watching us this week, Virginia Tech at Florida State right. softball. Yep. Two top five teams getting after it. It's a huge yeah. showdown. Uh, in case you missed yesterday and the day before, Jeff Halfley joined us yesterday morning. We'll replay that about 8.45. Kayla Trainer was with us a couple days ago. Syracuse's women's lacrosse team plays Carolina. Yeah, one versus weekend. four. So Top we'll have that at 7.45. Now, all of this, Masters, opening day baseball, rank versus rank, this morning in 49 minutes – we unveil the debut official Pac-Man rowing rankings. That's right. Yep, top 10. I'm going to give you the top 10 in the league. This started on Tuesday. It is going to be unveiled this morning. First time ever. Gather everybody around. Call your neighbors. Tell your friends. Pac-Man's rowing rankings. Yep. Top this 10 crew. In the ACC. Yeah, I'm giving you the top 10. And by the way, there's nine teams. Yeah. So you know what that means. Yeah, boy. Okay. Somebody be at the 10 spot. 
that really doesn't deserve to be in the 10 spot. That's coming up at 8 this morning. And you know the uh, ACC Rowing Championships are coming up on Friday, May 13th. They are. Lake yeah. Arwell. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Clemson, I will be there tonight. For the all-in ball? Yep, Dabo's all-in ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year raised over a million dollars. John yeah. Gruden was a guest. He had Dabo and Kath do an incredible, I mean, incredible job. All the money goes to local charities in the upstate of South Carolina. It is an amazing night, and I've been lucky enough to be a small, and I mean small portion of the deal. I'm looking forward to being down there tonight. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I told you this yesterday. I'll be with him Tuesday night in Greensboro for the Fred Barricat dinner as part of the Greensboro Sports Foundation. Looking forward to that. Yep. He's He's just a great dude. He's awesome. And those type of events, people get to see why Clemson is successful. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. So high energy, and again, last year over a million dollars raised that night. Right, incredible. Yeah, they're going to be like I was told yesterday afternoon. They're going to be eight hundred and some people in uh, in Greensboro, the Coliseum area, on uh, Tuesday night for that. He's making the rounds now. This is time of year. He but he loves it. it. I mean, he does. It's a Absolutely. natural thing for him and his wife, Kathleen. And, yep. and Kathleen's fantastic, too. She's awesome. Yeah, when these coaches finish up spring football, it's a note. I mean, we talked to Jeff Halfley yesterday, Mac Brown today, as they finish their spring. And remember, Jeff said, all my coaches go on the road recruiting in the month of May. The head coach cannot go. That's an NCAA. Don't ask me how they came up with that one. I think it actually – developed in the last 10 or 15 years. I think they came up with that one right after they came up with Kansas City Jayhawks. That's it, yeah. Um, but the head coaches during this time get a lot of their community things and all the other things that they may be passionate about. A little bit of a vacation takes place. But remember, the school year is still going on. So and now they're also trying to make sure their rosters are intact. By the way, speaking of rosters, yeah. uh, I know it's got nothing to do with the ACC, but a shout-out to the Arkansas men's basketball program. We now have <laughs> – to my knowledge, 22 players on your roster based on recruits and everything. I, I think Eric Musselman's got 22 guys, and I mentioned to somebody that um, if Arkansas was to play LSU in a men's basketball game tonight, yes, Arkansas would have 22 guys in the warm-up drill on this LSU end, and three. LSU would have three guys it, on the yeah. other end. Yeah, I talked to Chris Blair, the voice of the Fighting Tigers yesterday, who told me they had three players. Three players. Arkansas's got 22. They got three. The other team has three. And they're in the same league playing by the same set of rules. You you tell me there's not something wrong with the NCAA. Yeah. I'm just asking. On August the – excuse me, April the 8th. Yeah. Crazy. What a world we're living in. There we go. The Packer and Durham Podcast. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Wes, you just mentioned ranked versus ranked. Uh, it is a busy, busy weekend in the ACC in multiple sports. Not only do we have the six spring games tomorrow in football, we can also got Mac Brown later on the show. Yep. But there's some great matchups in baseball, men's and women's lacrosse, amongst other stuff. And, and women's tennis. We right. have one in women's tennis. You got it. So we're going to kind of get you up to speed with everything mm-hmm. going on in the ACC. And they are high-profile matchups this weekend. All right. Let's start kind of in the big board here. We got eight of them. We have uh, one, two, three, Three involving top ten. You see at the top, it's the one we kind of been talking about since Tuesday pack is number five Virginia Tech and number three Florida State, who start a softball series this weekend. Then you see in baseball, 
Number three, Virginia at number eight, Miami. Canes have won 10 in a row. Virginia is hitting everything in sight. Yep. Something's got to give down in Coral Gables. There you go. And uh, you see in women's lacrosse, again, Kayla Trainer. in case you missed it, coming up in about 25 minutes, number one, North Carolina visits number four, Syracuse in women's lax. So those are the ranked versus ranked this weekend. And at the bottom, we touched on women's tennis, where number three, NC State, visits Number 14, Virginia. It's a great time of the year, isn't it? I mean, if you love golf, you got the Masters going on. You love college baseball, you got huge matchups. Mm-hmm. If you love Major League Baseball, it's underway. Right. Uh, if you love the stick sports in the spring, yeah, that's covered. It's really a great time of the year. Yeah. Um, the, the first one and the one probably that is of maybe utmost importance of the eight is this number five Virginia Tech and number three Florida State softball series. And it speaks to those two programs individually, but it also speaks to the bigger picture in the league. Because as we've chronicled here a couple different times, last year Clemson won the regular season and then Duke won the tournament, right? Right. Remember, Duke and Cle- uh, excuse me, Clemson and Florida State didn't see each other in That's the regular it. season, and the anticipation of the tournament was, oh, we're finally going to get Clemson and Florida State. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Yeah. Duke won the title. And then Marissa Young's team, uh, kind of a Cinderella march, if you will, to the ACC championship. Well, now you take Florida State, which is the, pardon the pun, gold standard of ACC softball. And they are. And they've done a phenomenal job. They've got great players. There's Sidney Sherrill and, of course, Catherine Sandercock, the, the outstanding pitcher. So when you see Florida State, and now all of a sudden, here is this Virginia Tech ball club. Pete DeMore, DeMore was with us yesterday. And you look at Virginia Tech – and they got Keely Rochard and Catherine Sandercock like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And she does. Yeah, she does. Um, so you've got Keely Rochard and you got Catherine Sandercock. So typically you get these kind of things and you think, okay, the showdown's in the circle, right? And yeah, every once in a while the script plays and every once in a while it doesn't, right? I thought that was the fascinating part of the conversation with Pete yesterday. It was interesting from my standpoint. As I told Coach yesterday, this one feels like we ought to be playing in Oklahoma City. Exactly right. And when we're playing for titles. Mm -hmm. And they are both that good. And that's why this is going to be a great series. And, you know, whoever wins, whether it be a sweep, somebody gets swept, 2-1 split, whatever the combination may be, I suspect we'll see this again down the road. I mean, these are two really big-time teams. And don't forget the the clincher, the uh, getaway game, is Sunday at noon right here on ACC Network between the two schools. Uh, Let's pivot to baseball. Number three, Virginia at number eight, Miami. That's one that's living in the top ten. Virginia leads the nation in batting at 336. They rake, man. That's what they do. fourth in team ERA at 284. Miami's won 10 straight as Pac said, and they've scored 17 runs with 19 hits, you know, the other night. I mean, here's where we are. Game one tonight, 7 Eastern. Go figure. This this league is kind of working through its identity as a baseball league. These two, though, they don't have to work through that. They're already there. This league is going to be really, really interesting. I was doing a little reading yesterday. I mean, it's not hard to find six teams to go to the NCAA tournament. It may not be hard to find eight by the time we roll around to it. Well, you had seven ranked this past week. Granted, there's multiple polls, so mm-hmm. depending on where we want to look. But the ACC had more teams than any other conference in the top 25 with seven. So uh, 12 of the four – Here's this puts it in total perspective. It's right. April the 8th. We got 14 teams in the league that play baseball. 
12 of the 14 have been ranked at some point right. in time this year. 12 of the 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quality, the depth, the I mean, Virginia's just been fantastic. Miami's smoking hot. It is a perfect series to be played right now. Yeah. Because they are both smoking. Yep. So looking forward to that. And uh, it's one of two baseball series to keep an eye on. The other one is North Carolina at Louisville. Tar Heels are 22nd. The Cards are 12th. Louisville 6th in the nation in team batting. They're 3rd in the ACC. Carolina's 12th in the nation in ERA. They're 3rd in the ACC. See those last two in parentheses for each school? Well, that's got to – something's got to give there, doesn't it? So looking forward to seeing that. Game 1 tonight, 6 o'clock on ACC NX. Heels have to play better than they did the other night here in Charlotte. They did not play well. This week. That's been kind of a blip on the radar. Again, those midweek games are a little goofy. The ACC, though, 11-1 and this week in midweek games. The one was North Carolina, unfortunately, but that will be a really good series. The the midweek thing has always befuddled me a little bit because it's so right. You get your Tuesdays and Wednesdays. No, no, no. You would think, though, right? Um, It's so incumbent upon your pitching. Of course. It's so incumbent. Not everybody has great quality depth. Keep it for the weekend. And the midweek thing can be, you know, an outlier. So, but keep that in mind, too. Can't bring those noodle arms out there on a Wednesday, Wes. Uh, Get pounded. Cannot. That is correct. All right. Long the, games. You know, the ones you love. Those four-hour, 11-minute, 17 to 11. We go to the bottom of the seventh inning. Your kind of games. Mm. You miss that? Mm-mm. No? No. Not at all. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go to lacrosse. We got four of those to talk about, two on each side, women's and men's. Um, we had Kayla Trainer on. She's coming back up in a minute. When we talk about North Carolina and Syracuse, this is the highlight of the weekend. It's top five here now. Yep. No doubt. Heels are rolling. BC's great. Syracuse wants a piece of both of them. Yeah. Game yeah. on. Carolina's already got the road win at Chestnut Hill. And now they got to go to Central New York, right? That's exactly right. I should say Boston College went to Chapel Hill, though, didn't they? I, I tell that. you what, they're all good, man. This anytime you get the combination of the top fives, everybody knows each other. There are no mm-hmm. secrets here, and everybody's got players, yeah. big time. Uh, Syracuse sixth in the nation, third in the ACC. You see uh, an assist per game. So looking forward to that. And Kayla Trainer again here in just a moment. Notre Dame is at Boston College. One more friendly reminder, kids. Charlotte North wears jersey number eight for the Eagles. Uh, Second in the nation in goals per game. Uh, And when you talk about the Irish, number one in saves, and there's Charlotte. She's must-watch television. I I cannot tell you. Look at that. That's in the snow, for heaven's sakes. Um, Yeah, it is must-watch television. It really is. I mean, it's just... There's no other way around it. By the way, I kind of like the old school and, women's lacrosse jerseys. And too. I'll say this too. If you don't know anything about lacrosse, if you turn us on and go, hey, these guys are talking lacrosse, get these guys are always talking lacrosse in the spring. Mm-hmm. We are. There's a reason for that. Yeah. The league is dominant it is. in lacrosse. Mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you, if you don't know anything about it's like I said about the Masters, if you didn't know the difference between a seven iron and a Titleist, you can go to Augusta National, walk it all day, and go, it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. If you don't know anything about lacrosse, do yourself a favor and just watch 20 minutes of Boston College because you're going to know number eight. And you're going to go, wow, 
And well, and she just does stuff like every time she has the ball, mm-hmm. something happens. That's it. But it's there's magic. There's also Acacia Walker Weinstein's got other players. That's right. I mean, right. Bell Smith is a terrific player. Right. I mean, that's the that's the part about this where you see great team sports, but you also see ultra high level individual talent. And she's that. Charlotte's that. And and BC's really, really good. So two great women's lacrosse games. They're two on the men's side. Number thirteen, Notre Dame visits number fifteen, Duke, uh, as well. And Duke and Notre Dame have the two best scoring margins in the ACC. Uh, Duke has outscored opponents by 4.46. Notre Dame's outscored opponents by 4.14. And they're in Durham tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I thought Paul Corcaterra, who joined us yesterday, had an interesting breakdown on the men's side because mm-hmm. the, the, the preseason polls, the ACC dominated in the top five. We've seen some separation. And for teams like Duke and Notre Dame, Yep. It's kind of a jockeying position right now within the league, Wes. But I remember Paul saying, hey, he really likes Notre Dame's ability to score, yep. right? And he said it'll be a cluster of two or three teams who's going to break out, and he really liked Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on that this weekend. Carolina, Virginia, the Tar Heels are 16th. The Cavaliers are 7th. Virginia, of course, we talked about the loss to Richmond last week, but Connor Schellenberger continues to be the Cavaliers' star. Got to get healthy, though. Mm-hmm. Chris Gray, 19 points away from breaking the Division One career point record. Uh, that game is tomorrow, 4 o'clock on ESPNU from Charlottesville. Feels pretty big between the two, doesn't it? No question. It's just a cool weekend. Like I said, mm-hmm. there's great individuals to keep an eye on, terrific yep. teams, great matchups, top 25, top five matchups across the board. Uh, spilt coffee all over no, the table. No, we didn't we're spill it. We didn't spill it. <laughs> Thought about it, but we didn't spill it. It's right here, safe in this cup, kids. Hey, Cameron almost had to run for the mountains. And let me tell you, that's very expensive coffee I buy for you guys. Yeah. That's that top-of-the-line uh, Pike's Place Starbucks stuff you guys that's are That's exactly right. It's really good. You do. Tell you what, multi-talented Mark Packer. What, I get, give, a look, get a look, people. Give, give. Get a look, people. We are days away from potential barista action at your local uh, you Starbucks. Know, I, I, for my guys, because I know Captain Ron and Robert Captain, get here about four thirty, five o'clock. The yeah. coffee's waiting for them, ready to go. Right. We got to, we got to finish one more here. Uh, by the way, no, they're gonna, they're gonna honor the Virginia nineteen seventy two lacrosse national championship team. By the way, did not know that. Their fifty year anniversary and the twenty eleven team. They were going to do that last year, and you know the pandemic got in the way so that'll happen this weekend in charlottesville as well um all right now women's tennis number three nc state number 14 virginia state's been in the national top eight for all the season so far they're in the top three in march and april whoa how about here now is that good enough you know we don't do a whole lot of tennis but we should yeah and we've covered it from time to time. We've had national champions. Absolutely. From a team and individual standpoint, sure. which we highlight and get the coaches on here. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's a big deal. Ain't no doubt about it. So there you go. Boy, I'm a terrible tennis player. <laughs> yep. I told you a story about my wife who used to play a bunch. Right. And she, you know, Oh, boy. Here we go. I've said this before. She'd invite me. She'd, Come on, honey. I'm, let's just go. I just want you Hit to knock it in back. Yeah. You know, being the old golfer, sure. I'm only hitting cut shots. I'm hitting top spin lobs. I'm pretending I'm uh, playing for the Giants, hitting things up over the fence. She's like, I can't deal with you. you got to go. She just threw me off the tennis court. Yeah, I'm not. I'm terrible tennis. Not happening. I'm, I mean, I really am <clears throat> terrible. Not, I'm no good. Packer and Durham.
This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Tons of guests coming your way, as usual. Great job by the crew back in Bristol on top of it, as usual. What's up? Lee over there laughing about now. You're always checking your phone. Well, you know, people had tag us during the show on some things. And Mick McDaniel just sent us a tweet. He spent $10, and the funny part is he borrows a dollar from me or – or Mark Packer to get a four dollar light beer to finish out his tip. He actually spends eleven. He spends ten, and then he wants to know if he can borrow a dollar. How, how come I'm not surprised that a guy the the, the deal is you have ten dollars to spend. Right. So a guy sends an email or excuse me a tweet to you yeah. spending eleven. How come that doesn't surprise me yeah. at all? You know, Mick's the one that sent us our stuff from Tompkins Cortland Community College. You know that. Yeah. And he spent ten dollars, and he wants to borrow money. <laughs> No, you got Packer's not a bank. Packer, Packer yeah. knows where his dollars are, and they're I, not yours. No, I mean, I don't mind buying something for somebody. No, absolutely. But you got ten bucks to Very spend. You, you figure it out. Yeah, you got ten bucks, not eleven. Yeah, your nice responsibility try. is you have ten to appreciate, spend. Appreciate, appreciate you doing. Gosh, <laughs> take six of them, four of these, three of those, and then put it on his tab. <laughs> oh, you, Seth Greenberg. <laughs> All yeah, right. That may be a better question. What would Seth Greenberg buy the Masters? The guy that has stiffed me for four years on a steak bet. Oh, boy. What would go. Greenberg buy Here we go. at Augusta? Huh? That, that might even be a better question. But let's get to football. We've got right. six spring games. Speaking tomorrow. of 10, right? 10 win seasons. Clemson has made this thing habitual. But since 2000, look at the stat. 53 times there have been 10 win seasons by current ACC schools. It's a pretty good number now. Yeah. That's a pretty good number. I, I think that if you bar betted everybody on this one and said, all right, name them in terms of who do you think the top one and one, I think he'd get it right. Yeah, I do too. I think um, he'd get it right. Clemson is, uh, is number one. Uh, they've had 11. But Virginia Tech has two. But nine of them have come in the ACC, yeah. so there's a little gray area. Well, there. keep in mind the first decade, Virginia Tech carried the banner for yeah. the league. I mean, they. I mean, no disrespect to Florida State or anybody else. Right. Frank Beamer had it going on in Blacksburg. Okay, so you can see the list here: Florida State third with eight, Louisville five, none in the ACC, Miami five, only one. That's the one. Of everybody on this list, all right. Uh huh. I don't care if you got a big number or a little number. The Miami Hurricanes is the one that is a neon sign to me because okay. when they joined the league in 04, and I've said this before, you could have asked 100 ACC diehards, how many times do you think they're going to be in the ACC title game? How many times do you think Miami's going to be in the national championship hunt? It would have been numerous. Right. One Double-digit winning season since joining the league. That number's got to be better for the conference. Miami's, a, be. Miami's appeared in the championship game once. They've qualified for it twice. That was Mark Richt, right? Yes, that is correct. Well, well actually, the first one was Al Golden, and then they, they bypassed, they bypassed NCAA it because nonsense. of their stuff. Right. Mark Rick got there and then got smashed. Yeah. So, Miami, five 10-win seasons since 2000. Only one of them has occurred in the ACC. That's crazy. It is. Boston College has had two. Georgia Tech, two. Pitt, two. One in the league. Syracuse, two. One in the league. Wake, twice. Duke, Carolina State, once. And Virginia, none since 2000. 
Not a whole lot of uh, tobacco road double digits there, huh? Right. State, Duke, Carolina. Yeah. Not a whole lot happened. But the the but Miami this one this year. The Miami one. That's that's the one. That's the brand that you talk about. That I'm telling you, if you went to your buddies today who are big college football fans and said, "Okay, think you know college football? How many ten win seasons has Miami had since joining the ACC?" They wouldn't say one. No, well, you shouldn't. I mean, it's just got to be. Miami's right. got to be good. Florida State's got to be good. The Hokies okay. have to get that thing rolling. Now, here's here's there's some qualifying under some of this now. I want to show you the nine Division One programs that have averaged 12 or more wins over a five-year stretch. This, this is kind of the area you want to start playing ball in. This is elite. Yeah. Clemson is 69-5 and five over a five-year period. Okay, look who else is in the neighborhood of that list. Like, in other words, look yeah, at the 15 to 19 and then go find congruently like yeah, Ohio Yale, State and Alabama. No disrespect, but that Yale team, they didn't play anybody. <laughs> Don't you love it when you hear that nonsense? Hey, you ain't played nobody. Hey, you play who's on the schedule. But that Yale 88 strength, that crowd, come yeah. on, man. And this is from our great folks at Pick 6 Previews. These guys, yeah, unbelievable work. But look at those nine programs that have averaged 12 or more wins over a five-year stretch. It's impressive. Yeah. And so what Clemson has been doing is, is kind of historical in that respect, okay? But how many 10-win seasons per year in the last six, okay? There have been three in 2021, and these are ACC teams. Three in 2021, two in 2020, one in 19, Two and 18, two and 17, three and 16. So one would say if the ACC is going to catch this flyer, could it be this year, right? You see how it was three and 16, two and 17, two and 18. Can you catch a flyer in 22? Landscape might suggest that you can with the way you say the fist fight in the Atlantic. Mark is on record. There's going to be a fist fight in the Atlantic division. You think, think it, it'll be really I, good? I said I, I th I'm going to get ahead of the parade here. I think the Atlantic Division is going to be undersold by the national media. I think the Atlantic Division is going to be really good, deep. There's going to be a bunch of good teams. Right. And I'm uh, not talking about – in the past, it's always been Clemson and everybody else. Yeah. But like I said, I think Wake Forest is going to get a lot of preseason top 15 love. NC State without question is going to be mm -hmm. there. Clemson without question is going to be there. And then I think the other cluster of the Louisvilles, the Florida States, the yeah. Boston Colleges, I it would not be stunned at all for breakthrough seasons of any of those two. Yeah. We're going to run – we're going to keep kind of tinkering with this as the spring rolls on the next couple of weeks. I want to show you this last tweet from Pick 6 Previews. <laughs> and this one is going to – this one is one you're going to be able to take some places too. You want to – on your way to work this morning, you're listening, you're watching us. In the past decade, Duke football has the same number of wins as Nebraska and Tennessee. Now, let me ask you this. Is that an indictment on Duke, or is that an indictment on Nebraska and Tennessee? The latter. Okay. I mean, David Cutcliffe, who we have nothing but respect for. Absolutely. And I, I know he just got hired by the Southeastern Special Conference. Special advisor to football. Which I thought was a great hire by sure. Greg Sankey, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Because uh, David Cutcliffe, I, I would let David Cutcliffe do whatever he wants in college football. 
right. whether it be an advisor. You need him in college football. Much like we talked about Coach K with, with basketball moving forward, yep. we need David Cutcliffe in college football in some capacity because yep. he, number one, class act, knows the game, knows every ounce of what's going on away and involving the sport. Right. Um, but David Cutcliffe did an amazing job at Duke. What he inherited was a total disaster. Mm-hmm. It was a dumpster fire. And what Duke did in terms of making the commitment from a facility upgrade, what David Cutcliffe was able to do in terms of players, win games, remarkable job. Now, I know he wanted to win more games at the end. Sure. So does everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but how about the fact that Tennessee and Nebraska, two of the ultimate brand names, are stuck in neutral, right? And for a team like Nebraska, we just gave you a stat five minutes ago about five-year runs. Mm-hmm. Dr. Tom at the end of the 90s. Had as great a run as you'd ever want to see. I think it was, what, 60-3 and three off the top of my head. I think it's what the number was uh, for five years. And you're talking about Nebraska winning 62 games in the decade. I mean, they get 90,000-plus. They've not had a game without being sold out since my birthday of 1962. Let that marinate a second. 90,000-plus, no matter. Not the internet birthday because that one's in March. I'm talking about the real birthday. The real birthday, yeah. Uh, but, so I mean, the fan support. I mean, they got, you, know, hey, you got everything you need to win. You got to win. It's hard to do. It is hard to do. But that right there shows you, number one, how difficult in today's college football it can get. Yep. And if you're not careful, it gets there quickly. Um, and here's the other thing. You just, just because you win 10 doesn't mean you always win 10. That's right. Right. You can't just assume, oh, we're just going to roll the ball out. We're mm-hmm. good to go. I mean, I still have people come to me. Man, what, what was wrong with Clemson last year? Well, you know, their offense won great. And they won 10. They won 10. How many teams won double digits last year? Yeah. I mean, th- that's the point. Their standard has now become, boy, 10 and 3 is kind of a down year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need to take you that much further back when you realize, Mick, what would we do? What would you give to have a 10 win season? That's become commonplace for Dabo and the guys. Yeah. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham from the basement. Last show Cheers. this week. 844-SAY-ACCN. That's right. Last show this week. We celebrated 600 on Tuesday, by the way, so welcome to 603. Uh, Kayla Trainer was with us on 601 a couple days ago, talking about the big weekend matchup with Syracuse and North Carolina. But maybe more importantly, an incredible college player who's still on the women's national team in lacrosse, former assistant at Boston College on a great national championship team last year, and now returns to her alma mater as the head coach. What's the transition been like? It's been awesome. You know, it's a really amazing group of girls that, you know, love Syracuse and love lacrosse, love to compete. So we're having a lot of fun and enjoying it, and, you know, we're really looking forward to a, a big game this weekend. Has there been anything that has surprised you that maybe you didn't expect being the coach? Um, no, not really. I mean, coaching's coaching and, uh, you know, there's a lot more responsibility, but I think coaching is coaching and, and still really enjoying it. All right. But Kayla, here's the thing. And I'm not quite sure if you went down the hall and told Gary, Hey Gary, this schedule, by the way, that you, you left me here is got a few teams on it. That might be pretty good. You have played nine ranked teams in your 12 games. Um, and both, by the way, North Carolina this weekend. So how much of that has helped you get ready for what will be a heck of a show Saturday, but at the same time understanding kind of where all this fits in the, in the program you want to have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a philosophy that 
Gary had, and it's definitely one that I have as well. We want to play all the top teams in the country. And, you know, the philosophy is that if you want to be the best team, you have to be able to beat all the best. So, uh-huh. you know, we put ourselves in this opportunity to play all the top teams. And um, we're, you know, we've been able to play in a lot of close games, which is it's great for us that we have all this experience in close games, especially heading into this weekend. By the way, you got some time off to uh, rest the legs a little bit. Uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing before you play North Carolina? Um, it's good. It, I think the big thing for us is that it's a week where we get to prepare for a team, but also having a week of practice is great because it allows us to get better and actually improve. And that's really hard to continue to keep getting better when you have you know a two-week, three-week game week. So... Um, for us, this week is huge for us, not just for this weekend playing Carolina, but for, you know, the growth of the team for the rest of the, the season. All right, Kayla, here's the deal. Women's lacrosse in the ACC is as good as it gets nationally. We've talked about it. I mean, and you know that from working at BC and doing all these other things. But Saturday, we're talking about two teams that combined average 34 goals a game. 34. What in the world are we going to see Saturday? I mean, this thing, is this like arena football? I mean, what are we getting to ourselves into here? Is first to 20 win? I mean, where's the defense in this process? Yeah, we're going to need our you know, our defense to really step up and, and play a great game, obviously, when you're playing such a uh, tough opponent like UNC. But they they keep getting better, and they're they're really excited to play these guys. And I think they're ready and, you know, they're working hard to be prepared. So, you know, hopefully our defense can step up and then hopefully we can see an offensive production like you guys are talking about. You know, we're, we want our girls to be confident and let it fly. Senior day, North Carolina. Uh, you've been through a couple of these before. Well, what's senior day going to be like at Syracuse? Yeah, it's funny. We actually asked the girls which game they wanted their senior day to be on, and this is the one they picked. Mm, um, oh. I think they're all really excited about this game in particular, and it's just going to be a great day to honor our seniors who have done so much for this program. And, um, you know, I think for them it's just it's an exciting factor for the game, and it's just a great way to honor them and another, another reason to make this game so special. I want to ask you about women's lacrosse in particular. Uh, we were at the Final Four for a couple of days in New Orleans, and I talked to a couple of athletic administrators at a variety of schools. It seems like this sport, this one in particular, women's lacrosse, is the one that is, if not at the top of the list of the next sport being added in Power Five schools and other Division One campuses across the country, it's pretty close. As a coach and a player on the national team, why do you think that is? Where's... Is it the popularity of the sport at the high school level and the youth level? Is it combined with the college? I mean, where, where do you think the trigger point is for athletic administrators that are thinking about putting this sport in play? Because we're seeing two and two years in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first piece of it, obviously, is a Title IX piece, which is great for sure. all of our female athletes. But I think the big piece is that we're really creating – a lot of fans and followership of our game and it's because of these athletes they're exciting to watch and they play an exciting brand of lacrosse and um you know 
men are watching. It's not just women. There's people all over the country now with the expansion of the sport going out west and in the south. So I think it's really, it's just a great game. We have, you know, people are really following particular players. And the players are doing a great job of engaging fans and, you know, wanting to grow the game. So I think for, I think in general, the biggest thing, though, is that it's really fun to watch and people enjoy watching these athletes play. It worked. All right. So our best Kayla trainer in Syracuse should be a lot of fun tomorrow. ESPNU at 2 o'clock for Syracuse and North Carolina. Another one of those rank rank deals this weekend. It's an awesome sports weekend. Yep. It's a great ACC sports weekend. It yep. really is. Uh, 8 o'clock hour, Brooke Wyckoff, Gabby Sanchez, in case you missed it, with Jeff Halfley. But again, gather around, kids. Call your neighbors. 603 shows, and we're getting ready to do something that has never been done before on this show. We're yep. going to talk about the crew. And I'm not talking about our crew. Nor the Columbus Chester, crew. No, no. I'm talking about the crew. Nor the Milwaukee, uh, nor the Minnesota Twins or the Milwaukee Brewers, who are often referred to the as brew the crew, crew. The brew crew. We're not talking about them. No. Nope. We're talking about crew. Because earlier this week, we ran a uh, graphic <laughs> of spring sports rankings. And beside rowing, it said not available. And I was upset about that. Yes, you were. Because I want the Crewsters to get some love here. The Crewsters, yeah. The Crewsters. Yeah. The Packer and Durham Podcast.